All right, everybody, you guys know what it is. It's the one and the only, the American Cholo podcast, broadcasting live and direct to you from where? From North Hollywood, California. My name is Gil, and I am the American Cholo. I'm a little bit tired, you know. Today was a long day. We flew out this morning, flew back in at 5 o'clock, and now we're here with our next guest, man. But this is the man. He's been here before. He's a great guest. He's got some more crazy stories to tell. The homie, Angel Cortez. What's going on, brother? Miss Army Ranger. What's up, man? Thank you for having me here again. Um, first of all, man, the studio, the studio, the new place looks awesome. Thank you, brother. Awesome. I mean, the where it used to be at, that was cool too. That was cool. Yeah, that was pretty dope. That was pretty and, cool. But this is this is next level. <laughs> let, let him know, brother. We yeah. listen. Like I said, we've we've always tried to maintain to to keep a higher level because at the top is anything with Rasa people always, even our own people, like that should be tacky so if yeah. it has any bit of tackiness people would change the channel so yeah with this it's like you know what we got great guests like yourself man you know and other people so we're trying to elevate the conversation and elevate the the studio that way people come in here and you know when i tell somebody i got a studio i got a studio it's not yeah. oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah for sure dude. It, it's not a garage it's not you know it's not a little box it's you walk in here you got a hallway you got the green room you you've got the studio man so i'm glad you were impressed my boy yeah how you like the window Dude, this is awesome, man. I mean, I'm telling you, like, but that's how it goes, right? You you start off here, and then you work your way up, and and you see the journey, you enjoy the journey, and it's awesome, man. That, yeah, that's how that's how life rewards you because you know you put in that work, homie. You put in that yeah. work, and that's how you do it. Like like you, man. You're a guy that's nonstop. You're always into something. Um, I saw s- something in the last uh, few months. You you went through some medical issues lately, haven't you? Well, not medical issues. What it is, and um man i donated a kidney to a friend so you know uh 10 months ago um you know um uh, for people that don't know me and i i i don't want to go from like the beginning of of uh my story because uh, i feel like I've, I've said it long enough let's do it but i'll just give i'll just give starting like with the latest to you know you know so i recently donated a kidney uh i'm a public speaker i've gone to speak in front of uh, millionaires military officers and and the youth who's in programs trying to get out of the gang life and and um drug abuse and stuff like that uh, i work for a defense strategies group we're based out of la we train we've trained the fbi swat teams pds um all the way to moms who've never fired a gun um we also not just only do shooting but we do consulting we do private security um medical stuff survival stuff um, med- um mental fitness mental fitness is, is will be charge running programs for young men and and older guys to get through something that's uh mentally tough team-based and they love it right most people don't have never experienced stuff like right. that and they want to dive into it so we do that um we've also because of our skills we're all former special operation guys or active duty special operation guys we've gotten to work on some projects for uh mtv national geographic history channel and train some celebrities here yeah. and there uh i i own og pumpkin um i actually finally did taxes for fucking three years <laughs> and it turns out i gave I gave a little over two hundred thousand to the community oh so from uh food banks to skateboards to uh events for for low-income veterans low income and veterans, um, sponsorships here and there, um, uh, fighters, up and coming fighters, UFC fighters, uh, skaters, jiu-jitsu practitioners. Um, before that, I was in special operations community. Uh, I went to Iraq and Afghanistan. And before that, I was a, I was a gang member here in, in SoCal. And then before that, I was just a malnourished, 
poor kid who got made fun of a lot for for not speaking English because Spanish was my first language. Even though I was the first one to be born here in the United States, obviously everyone in my house, everything's Spanish. So I had a tough time at school and then I was poor. So I, I wore clothes, the same clothes multiple times, mm -hmm. all the time. So as you can imagine, not speaking English and wearing the clothes, same, multiple clothes every week, you know, you kind of get made fun of. So Of course, of course. So when, now that we're recapping, so how did the, how did the service come into your life? Uh, I always looked up to, to, you know, the military guys when, when I would see movies and stuff like that. Cause a lot of ways they were, they represented something that I wasn't at the time. Right. I didn't see myself as, as physically fit or mentally tough or, or, or any of that. Right. And I also liked how they, they took care of each other. You know, I was born and raised in a, in a, in a very abusive physical and, and, and mental abusive home. So like, uh, seeing that and what they had, I wanted. And then you went out and you just joined or. Yeah. I just literally, as soon as I, I, I walked into the recruiting station, I was like, Hey man, um, uh, I want to join. Uh, I had this little whole spiel like, Hey, I see that IEDs, which are the bombs, right? IEDs kill our soldiers. And, and I want to do something about it. I want to go after those people or I want to go after the things like, how does this work? Uh, I, I still have a year until I can join. And then the guy's like, how old are you? I was like 17. And he's like, actually you can join now. You got to be 17 and a half, but your parents have to sign off. At that point, I wasn't even living at home anymore. So when I took the recruiter to my mom's house, she couldn't believe that I was actually for real. So where, where'd you end up doing your tours at? How many do? Uh, I've spent a total of 24 months in Iraq and 24 months in Afghanistan. Mm, and that's when I was heavily active. Yes, sir. Like uh, a lot of the stuff, I saw a lot of combat. So a lot of the, a lot of the people that I was with are now currently writing books, uh, giving TED Talks, uh, Black Rifle Coffees, doing little mini documentaries on them. They've been on other big podcasts and, and talked about, you know, war stories and stuff like that. So, I mean, at, at the time, it just seemed normal. It seemed like I thought everybody was doing what we were doing. Um, and what, what was a, let's say, what was a typical, like, week out there? Was you guys getting into, into constant contact with the enemy every other day, every week? How oh, it, Oh, every day. Sometimes we would have multiple gunfights in a day, for example. Um, so in, in Iraq and Afghanistan, you have big bases and smaller bases. And, and most units, even special operation units, either, um, you know, they go out to go fight and they come back. But what we did, we, we were under this thing called a village stability operation. So imagine you have a, a heavily gang infested city, right? And instead of having a police station where you patrol every now and then, you're actually going to go in the middle of the of the shit, take over a house, and fight out of there. So that's basically what we did. We went to a village. We took over a house in, in the middle of, of this valley. And the Taliban was like, fuck, they're here to stay. And our job was to make create white space, as in uh, push them out and have uh, uh, areas where we can um, have easily uh, maneuver our elements to, for, you know, just push them out and let us come in further in. What was the toughest part of going inside those cities and trying to maintain them? Uh, that, I mean, you're, we would wake up to gunfire. We would, we would go to sleep to gunfire. They would attack us. They, they, um, you know, and, and you don't have a big base. So we don't have, uh, necessarily the, some of the big bases, like the really big ones right. would have like pizza shops or coffee, internet, phone calls, um, you're not in charge of your security, you know, you, you can just go to sleep. You, you have units or company, private military companies who are in charge of that security. We were our own security. We were 
sometimes not shower. I wouldn't sometimes shower for five weeks, you know. Um, oh, and we are a small element. You know, we were we were extremely well trained, so we can do a lot with with small numbers. Um, and we had a lot of wounded, a lot of killed, um, and some people were wounded multiple times in, in the in the and deployment. Still, how many guys were like going to one of these houses that you guys were taking over at a time? Uh, for example, when we first went in, we I got, I got attached to an ODA team. So an ODA team is a special forces um, uh, a small team, right? Um, they don't have they don't work. Special forces guys don't work in like conventional unit sizes so like a, a a platoon can have like 36 people or like 40 people right in the conventional side but uh special uh forces they'll have like an i've worked with oda teams that are only eight guys or 14 guys right that's a small number and and if and let's just say 14 if you lose one guy that's a lot right you know you lose two three that's a that's a huge part of your element as opposed to if you're 40 deep right um so we would go in and sometimes push out, and sometimes I would be on missions where it would literally just be like four of us out there. But those teams, are, I mean, is it would it be wrong to label them like they're just cult killers? And when I say cult killers, I mean it in a respectful way. Yeah, yeah, we 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 were the best of the best, and and you know it it uh that deployment made me want to join the special operations community because um I was fortunate enough to be attached. Um, as a conventional guy, and some of them were were um, former army rangers and stuff like that. So, I, so after being with them, I was like, you know what? I'm I'm gonna drop my packet if I can run around the in the mountains of Afghanistan with them. Um, and I felt co- it gave me a boost of confidence. Of For example, um, when we would go on a mission, uh, a senior guy who who was in the special operations community for like 15, 20 years was like Cortez is with me. If if that guy's like, hey, I want him with me, I felt like you know what, maybe, maybe I have something going on. You know, I, I I wasn't again, I wasn't born and raised like a superstar athlete. I wasn't a, a superstar athlete in high school or anything like that. So I didn't have any success before the military to be like, hey, I'm gonna rely on that because I know I can do A, B, and C. No, I I I was literally I didn't gain success in life or any have any accomplishments until I was twenty. And. How did you end up going on one of those uh, one of those teams that they because you had to stood out from the rest of the pack somehow, no? Yeah. So what they did is so like I was saying, you know, these these uh, special special forces teams are they're small, right? So if you're gonna throw a small team or element in this valley, um, instead of having two teams together, right? How about how about you maximize the number of of teams that you have? So you just send one team, and you'll supplement um, the, the other guys with infantry guys. So, uh, me being a combat engineer who specialized in explosives, um, they asked for the top uh, nine um, combat engineers. So then I got attached to an infantry squad, and then and then that's how I got my spot. Um, so before that, before I got my spot, I was just trying to learn and grow uh, as a as a soldier, you know, and and as a man. And what would you do with explosives? Um, my main job over there was actually look for bombs and then so the IEDs, these things called IEDs are basically bombs that they would put on the walls, roads, and sometimes even dead animals and stuff like that and wait for us to walk by, drive by, and they would set them off. So my job was to find them and either blow them blow them in place or to be nice, we would I would dig them out with my bare hands, pull, take them to the side of the road and just blow it off there. What was one of the like uh, most unusual places you ever found where I were surprised there was an actual bomb there? Uh, there was like a little cave thing and then they were like, Hey, uh, um, you know, I mean, these are big guys that I was, that I was with, yeah, right? Big, dudes. big fucking dudes. So they couldn't, the, the entrance, no one else could fit in there. And then I was like, well, 
I'll fucking go. And I went in, and why when I walked out with a fucking ID, they were like, what the fuck? And I was like, yo, dude, I got one. Hey, you got to be a, a special kind of crazy to do the stuff you guys do out there and the rest of your crew. Yeah, yeah. And you know what, man? I have always, which is why I've always said that war is a drug, because I think we've all seen, like, the movie Blow or or Scarface, where the, you're doing the drugs, and, and, and it's all... It's a good time, you know, but next thing you know, you need more and more. And, and next thing you know, you, you you start, you know, you have a downfall, right? Um, and and if you do too much of it, uh, you kind of lose yourself or you die. And, and, and war is that way. Because, for example, things that used to give me an adrenaline dump wasn't, right? right? Like, for example, when I p- pulled out that IED, I easily could have tied it off and then pulled it from the outside to be safe. But uh, I wanted to put pick it up with my bare hands and and that thing could have been booby trapped right but at that point you gotta understand a, an average gunfight that for maybe an, uh, an average soldier would have been a big deal to me we were like bro that's a tuesday <laughs> and what, what uh what was your favorite weapon out there to use uh the grenade launcher and uh and and there's plenty of footage of me shooting this grenade launcher because this is the mountains of afghanistan right so they would hide behind the terrain and, and you know, bullets don't curve. So a grenade launcher would. So uh, actually the first two dudes I got, um, they were on this little hill, this little cut in the hill. And, and, and I saw them and I just lobbed like nine grenades out of the grenade launcher there. Uh, that's was specific incident i have on a mark 19 which is like a grenade launcher machine gun right so i just shot like nine of them so you it actually has like a clip uh it's belt it's like a belt fed grenade how, how, right? how big are they about the size of this yeah yeah perfect size about that and then but i would have a personal grenade launcher that i i i stripped everything off i put a buckle and attached it to my shoulder so uh anytime we were in a gunfight that I, we were expecting i already had one chambered in already on fire and I would walk and patrol like this. And as soon as, like, for example, um, this one day they started shooting from right in front of us. As soon as I heard the shots crack, I just pointed it and shot. And does I got it, really good aiming that way. Does it make that sound you hear on uh, the Chris, we got you? <laughs> does, did it make that sound that you hear on TV where it goes, Choo! Yes, it does. It, it, does it, it, well, it makes a little thump sound as it comes out. But when it's in the air, no, there's no sound. If, if, we, if you guys see lights fall down, me and Chris just put lights up to the they might, they might be coming for you, Angel. They're on your right. <laughs> we literally just put them in before you guys walked in. Um, hey, are you? Did you end up uh, kind of not even kind of you? You guys eventually know pretty much what weapons being shot. Like they yeah, yeah, in. yeah. For example, um, when you get shot at multiple times, you kind of start knowing where you're getting shot at with. Like for example, you would hear certain loud bangs, uh, and you kind of knew an RPG is coming. So an RPG is is a is one of those like. Uh, people would probably call it like a bazooka, right? They're yeah, those pretty little, much. Pull a bazooka the, at you. Yeah. Right. Um, and then we would hear, they, they don't have a 50 cal machine gun. They, they call It's a dushka, dushka or whatever. They but, got Russian-made weapons, right? Yeah, and, and, and it's about the same size. And when you would hear, get when we would get shot by that and it would hit our surrounding areas, you're like, fuck, dude, this is fucking next level. With the guys you you were out there with, uh, especially in the special units, did they have a certain respect for the Afghanistan army, or did we just like no? What so what a lot of people don't know is sometimes they think oh you're you guys are just fighting like uh you know dumb farmers and, right and that might and for some cases that might be true but what a lot of people don't know is that we've also we also fought a lot of foreigners. Uh, you can name almost any country. Uh, in the surrounding areas that don't like the uh, the U.S. or maybe we might 
in a political sense, be friendly with each other. But there's people within those countries that don't like us, and we would, and they would come in and fight us. And, and for example, some of the some of the Afghans who will work with us, they would tell us like, "Hey, he's not from here," even though because we don't know any better. And they're like, "Oh, this dude looks just like every other Afghani," but they're like, "No, no, no, no." They this, know the voice. It would be like a salvadoreño, mexicano, hondureño, nicaraguan. Yep. They, they know it. Yep, and they're like, "Hey, he's not from here." And these guys were well trained, you know, well equipped. Um, some people think it's just because they don't know what a uh, fucking Uber Eats is or how to work an iPad that they're dumb. These are not dumb people. Um, they are they are very smart, um, and they've been fighting since they were children. Well, yeah, that's the thing in Afghanistan. They've been fighting since like the Alexander the Great time, and people have been trying to conquer those guys, and they just won't go out. Yeah, they have they have the terrain and they have the time, you know. Um, so how is that? To me, I mean, I'm still like somewhat baffled by it you've got this huge power machine which is the united states army right yeah. and you go into this country you've been there i think they were there for what over 10 15 years almost so almost 20 years almost 20 years yeah. god how time flies so they're there for 20 years and we're gone and they're back in there again yeah because what it is is you're not necessarily fighting a um a specific number army you're you're fighting the, the an ideology and 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 if you don't fight the 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 um ideology from from the in a like a base or not the base what i'm saying is you you can kill the individual but you it, to kill the actual ideology it's you, you, it's it's knowledge you need to educate well but you need to educate but i think you would also have to do some barbaric stuff almost like the the spaniards did out here in the united states i mean yeah with the americas they yeah. came here and it wasn't like hey no we're gonna kill all you guys yeah. we're gonna start here all the babies from now on they're gonna learn that that's the only 100%, way 100 percent. and and the thing is um we've killed a lot of people we we killed a lot of them and but with that being said, man, um, they the the politicians gave us too many restraints and restrictions. They wouldn't allow us to fight. They would set rules, um, and the bad guys knew these rules. Like, so for example, if we got shot at from a, a certain hillside, right, um, and we would shoot back and stuff like that, and then some time would pass by, and then all of a sudden you would see two dudes with shovels, and because they know, they know that uh, if they're walking around holding a shovel real high, that they're that that our rule sets won't allow us. But think about that. Think think about here if I'm in LA and I'm in a building and I start shooting at cops and then all of a sudden I walk out with like a broom, make it look like I'm cleaning. And and then I was like, yeah, it wasn't me. And then I get away with it. That would that wouldn't happen. I would get fucking smoked. Of course. Right? But because the bad guys know, they know that we have these rules that you know, um, if they're not armed, then we can't kill them. They'll take advantage of all those and, rules. And they have multiple times. And, and they continue to. Um as far as the evacuation of Afghanistan, uh, it, was it not embarrassing? Uh, it, it was embarrassing because the politicians, uh, they screwed us. They screwed and they fucked and they screwed over the service members and stuff like that. And e even the higher ranks, what pe a lot of people don't know and understand is that when you have generals and stuff like that, at that point, at that point, they're already, they're politicians. They, they stop becoming a soldier, mm. right? They play the game. Okay. Um, and, you know they're politicians, and they did what they did to benefit themselves. Um, and as far as I know, nobody got uh, held accountable for that. Um, you know all the weapons and stuff like that. Like for example, let's say if I lost my rifle, um, I would I would probably get. Uh, we have our own justice system in the military. I would I would probably go to jail or something like that, or or, or get kicked out and stuff like that. But 
these politicians or these generals or who are that are basic politicians can leave billions of dollars of weapons and no yeah, one gets in trouble. That was the insane part to me. To me, it was wait a minute, you guys had all this planning, you've been there for now 20 years. Don't you first say, all right, we're going to get rid of all the civilians. Get To me, it reminded me of, of, of a Vietnam movie all over yeah. again. Yeah. Uh, Saigon. They're coming. The Viet Cong are coming. And we got to evacuate. And that's how the Americans look. Because it was. it was They yeah. were just running and evacuating instead of getting the other people out first. Blowing up whatever weapons they had over there. But no, they left it over there. 100%. And, and I had a lot of buddies who who have, were having a tough time during, during that. But I... You know, I I reminded them, like, look, man, we did our job. We yes. did what we were supposed to. Yes. But this right here, this this fallout and the way that it's happening, it is not your fault, dude. We're not, we don't have power over that. It's these politicians, it's these generals and officers that, basically, again, they're basically politicians at that point when they get to that level. It's them, man. Um, and, and, and it's very unfortunate because um, the enemy doesn't play that way. Other countries don't play that way. And, and it was... It was a huge blow. And on top of that, we had a lot of Afghans who fought right next to us, who, who've died, who've got wounded. Um, and for us to just leave them yeah, like that, them, bro, that's bad. To leave them like that, um, how are we supposed to um, expect other countries and, and, and soldiers to, to help it, us? But that happens if you look at American history that happened in Vietnam, that happened in the first Iraq. They set their uh Help us out, revolt against Hussein, and we'll help you. They never even went all the way in because they didn't want to break it. And now they're doing this one with, with Afghanistan. They did it with Iraq. You got all these uh, people that are helping you guys, uh, the translators and everything else. Yep. And they're just left behind, hung to dry. Which, which um, a, a bunch of service members on their own started evacuating a bunch of them. I've seen and, it. And, and, and I have buddies who were, who were firsthand there. Um, I was actually getting ready to leave, but once they gave up CAF, which is uh, which was one of the big air bases, well, it gave us no place to fly in. Because um, uh, a lot of people know it from Pineapple Express, but there was a lot of other other um, organizations doing similar things. But the big one around is Operation Pineapple Express, right? That was that were taking out not just interpreters but fighters who fought right. with us. Um, but yeah, uh, my buddy called me. He's like, hey, you know, do you want to go? And I was like, fuck yeah. They're like, hey, it's not paid. It's self-funded. So I was like, fuck it. Uh, and then I started training. I rap started wrapping up my training. And I was getting ready to go. And then and then the U.S. gave up CAF, which was where everybody was flying in. And then that kind of killed everything because where the fuck are we going to fly in now? Now, that's uh, the heartache part. Um, some of your uh, colleagues there that, you know, someone feel like, man, we were there for 20 years and Afghanistan's back to where it was before. Yeah, and 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 one of my buddies actually took took it so so rough that he he killed himself, man. Oh God, and, I'm and, sorry. And it, it it I remember him texting me about it, and 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 I was telling him like, hey man, we did our job, we did our job, but I didn't know that he had he was having such a tough time, and he came to visit me, and a couple of us gathered, you know, the, who lived in Arizona and stuff like that, and we had like a little reunion, and he looked fine, man. He fucking he was just like how he was his name was jack and jack was making jokes and making everybody laugh and we were drinking and it was a great fucking time and then three weeks later he fucking killed himself and that's unfortunately it's real high numbers in the in the service right a hundred percent and suicide is a, is a big thing and and um I think psychedelics is, is it may not necessarily be the key and the answer to everybody but uh to everything but but when it comes to PTSD and all that stuff 
um, when they don't allow us to to have therapy, psychedelic therapy and stuff like that, they leave us the only option to cope with that is pills and alcohol, which right. is I find that weird that they're like, yeah, dude, go go drink it up. But uh, oh, if you want to go do like a psychedelic therapy for your shit, don't you, you're gonna get kicked out. Have you had any buddies do that psychedelic? Uh, I have. I've done it. I've, I, I, and which has helped me a lot, you know. Um, yeah, I've heard about it. I did uh, high doses of, of, of ketamine. How, how do you, so walk through the process. How do you do it? So you do, there's different companies out there, but um, I, I did therapy with a therapist and then, and then they call it the journey. So we did high doses of, of ketamine. And then right after that, we do uh, a therapy session. And then a couple of days later, you do therapy is again. Is that like acid? What would you say? Um, no, 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 no. Can't mean it. So there's like a to simplify it. There's a bunch of psychedelics, right? Some of them act <clears throat> different than others, right? Um, ketamine, from my experience, yes, I did. I did uh, um, uh, have visions and stuff like that, and, and and hallucinations within my head and stuff like that. But no, it is not necessarily like like acid, and and. and I don't want to get too deep in it because we can spend hours in in, in this. But right. the thing is, there's there's a handful of, of psychedelics that are very helpful. Uh, DMT has been one of them. Uh, mushrooms has been one of them. Some people do microdose. And the deeper I get into this and into the things that I do, I've come to realize that a lot of high level uh, people in in these industries and and you name it, you name any field, where, whether it's Hollywood shooting, production, businessmen, lawyers. At one point or another, or currently, they microdose. They do it as well. Yep. So now, how have you yourself actually, like, how how did you come back different from when you went out there? And I'm sure it took a big toll on your family as well. It it, it did, man. Um, well, look, uh, I was a gang member, you know, um, uh, before my military service, I, I, I'd been stabbed uh, multiple times. I've been shot at, uh, all this stuff. So... Uh, it wasn't my first time experiencing violence in an extreme way, but obviously this is next level. You got bombs on the roads, bombs on the walls. Do you have fucking rockets raining down on you, machine gun fire? You have all this, right? It's next level. So um, it did change me. Um, it, it it made me more aggressive. It it, it uh um I would I would have I would be have a short fuse and stuff like that, but I, I recognized that you know. Um, and at the time when I was in active duty, it was helpful. Right, but when I got out, that's you cannot navigate the world like that. Um, having a short fuse and and unbalanced, so that's why I seeked help, you know, and 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 because I didn't want to be another number of of dudes who who drown themselves in the bottle or pills or or shoot themselves in the head, you know. I wanted to be a productive individual for my community, and so my my friend was like, "Hey, who who's a, a former Navy SEAL?" He's like, "Hey, man, I think I think this psychedelic therapy should help you." And at that point, I'd already done everything that I possibly could. I've gone to go see a therapist. I I um, took care of proper sleep. Right, we we neglect sleep. Uh, I I you know started eating super clean, training, and, and but I'm like, man, I feel like something's off. Like I I can do something else. And he's like, I think you should do this. And after I did it, I remember. You know, I noticed changes within myself. And, and when I told my wife, like, hey, what do you think about this? And she said, you should have done this a long time ago. <laughs> and it's a uh, it's tough. But is there any guys that you've seen come out of war and it's like. They're fine there or there or is everybody affected pretty good? Well, it's not necessarily war. It's just like life in general. Like, for example, some people can be in a crazy car accident 
And they're like, whatever. And then some people can be in a crazy car accident, like my aunt, and then never want to be Terrified, on the, uh, right. the yeah. You know, so it's it's not necessarily the war thing; it's just the trauma thing. Some people can handle trauma better than others, but at, sooner or later, enough trauma yeah, will affect you. It'll touch you. War right. will touch you and affect your life. Um, but a lot or a little, obviously, it did affect me, but not enough to where I'm blowing my brains out, you know. Right. And so, so when the dudes who do do that, I don't, I don't know what they're going through because yeah, they're going I, through some major stuff. Yeah, man. major. Did, did you ever run into like children you guys are fighting against, teenagers that are shooting at you guys? Uh, me personally, uh, teenagers, uh, like like 11, 12, 13, no, but but like young adults yeah you, you can we've we've we run into some some young adults but most were were not young adults you know these were fucking well trained because they we don't all have the same uniform so they know when they see us they we they know we're special operation guys they want and, some of that and they and and to kill one of us or wound one of us is a huge fucking thing right so they they bring out their heavy hitters for us now did when you first went to afghanistan right did you have a certain thought process of of the the what was it called the the army over there the, the Afghans right yeah uh, of the Taliban did you come in there thinking ah oh, these guys are just nothing no no no, no because there? the senior guys have had they schooled us they they and then you they, know yeah yeah you 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 know ahead of time what you're going into you know um and I, I you have to respect the enemy always that's right for sure rule number one now the adrenaline rush I know you guys are all adrenaline junkies yeah when you came out of the service. Were you lacking that? Uh, yeah, definitely. And and then you know I've 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 tried to get it back, but you know nothing gets it. You know I've I've fought in the ring. I've 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 competed in on the jujitsu mats. I've uh, you know you fucking name it. Uh, is it cool? Yeah, but like nothing nothing. You've gone and shot up cars while driving in the limo. Yep, we got. <laughs> and we actually you came to one of those events, yeah, man. You dumb, came bro. to one of those events. That right? was that was so cool seeing that event seeing so many people from the service out there and and uh coming together you could see yeah. them like the camaraderie so it's almost like whatever issues they had the day before an hour before they kind of you can just see everybody lost all that and they were just in the moment enjoying uh, it a hundred percent which is why i created og pumpkin og pumpkin we sell rash guards hats and t-shirts and all that but it, it wasn't i didn't create og pumpkin to have um to start a clothing company, what it was is is I was hosting events at my house. I would invite the veterans from my martial arts gym and school at the at the time it was a uh, uh, Cal State Long Beach, and I would be like, "Yo, dude, let's watch the UFC fights. Let's I'll buy the beer, I'll buy the food." But I was my wife's like, "Hey, I'm pregnant. We're gonna have our third child, and I know these events mean a lot to you. But hey, we we keep going negative to our account. We keep uh, or barely make making rent, and I'm like, fuck, she's right, but I." gotta keep doing this because i was tired of of seeing the the va the government basically try to just give us pills and and, and that's not what was going to fix it you need to i feel like a man or a woman without purpose and a community is a lost individual so yes, when sir. veterans like myself come out and we don't have a purpose or a community that we just got out of it does fuck with you not to mention anything that you might have gone through while you were in the service so i started hosting these events um and all i wanted was to make enough money to um ha buy the pay-per-view buy the beer buy the food but you you went to the event that i called uh vehicles and tacos um and i buy vehicles we shoot out of them i buy a taco guy i bring a banda out and you know though uh, it went from being 
to so one of those events either cost me depending on what i how much i throw into it or like uh like i'll have a massage therapist there's two sometimes yeah. it can range from six grand to ten right. and and it's because i again i didn't want to create a clothing company i wanted to just do something that would cover these events so the more money i made the more i gave out i gave to the community you know and then i started dropping off food at food banks that were as a child i would wait in line and now, now you're lucky enough to be able to give back 100 percent. that's a beautiful thing man so let's talk a little bit about the wars that's going on right now in the united states what do you think about ukraine man uh, Ukraine is a very complicated thing. Um, you can simplify it. You'll see uh, like a 30-second uh, segment on Fox or CNN or anything, and they'll try to sway you one way or the mm -hmm. other. Um, and uh, we can talk about hours for this, but the reality is there are nations out there that uh, people are just like, hey, the U.S. just needs to leave A, B, and C alone, this and that. Look. Whether you like the idea or not, there are there are people out there that don't just don't fucking like you, and they'll never like you because you're American, and they want to see you fucking vanish. Right. Right. Um, and it doesn't help that the U.S. does all these things, and then it angers people. So, um, should the U.S. do something about it? Um, yeah, I I think you should, but to a certain extent, when and when you drop billions and billions of dollars at that point, you're not necessarily helping. You're trying to make money for yourself and your people you're because right. some of that money is being lost. Uh, uh, the people are being lied to, um, and and the thing is, look, the history of mankind. There has always been conflict. Yes, there. Are, uh, um, in college, uh, for some of my electives, I liked history so much that I was like, you know what, can I take as electives, can I take more history classes? And so I did. I did world history and, and, and all these history classes, right? It, it's the fucking same. Mankind just can't help it to, <laughs> to be at war, right? Conquer so, and want more. Uh, I want the U.S. to be powerful, right? Um and if doing something like this to 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 see what Russia has or what is Russia capable of, um, or or to you know, I mean, fuck, there's so many Americans over there um, who are volunteers, <laughs> quote unquote volunteers. Well, no, I I know people who've gone over there who are veterans and gone over there to go. Okay. Look, the, the 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 reality is, Russia. Some Russians probably like us. Some Russians, but a lot of them fucking don't. And the people who are in charge of Russia. Eight fucking Americans. And if they could, they'd fucking probably nuke us. Oh, no, they would. But don't you think it was kind of, uh, what was the word? It seems like the the president over here pumped you. It was, this is how I take it. It was almost like we're, it, it's it's three of us, right? And Ukraine's this guy over here. And I'm telling Ukraine, rush that fool, rush that fool. I got your yeah. back. Rush that fool, rush that fool. I got your back. And, and Ukraine really thought that America was going to jump in for them. And now they're fighting Russia's got them on the ground. Russia's beating them up. I, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't I, you see all the pictures. The Russian army is literally. They're not just like going in there completely, but they're they're leveling towns, right? And the Americans are now just backed up and oh, we'll give you money. Like no, but you're supposed to back us up. So it was well, not exactly because <laughs> um, <laughs> this is this is the thing, right? When they were uh, when Russia was saying, hey, we're doing military exercises, and they would just send troops to the border and to the border and and then, then they sent more people and then there was the videos of all the tanks and all the um um the uh, 
fighter carriers and all that stuff, right? And it was like, yo, dude, they're gonna fucking attack Ukraine, and Ukraine um, can either fight or not fight, right? And it was Russia at first did go in there, right? Yes. And and they seemed like nothing was gonna happen. But if you watch some of the Discord channels that I watch, or or um, or signal channels that I'm part of, uh, dude, they're they're killing a lot of Russians. Oh, I'm sure. But the thing with Russia is, again, when you look back in the history books, they got the numbers. You could kill a million of them. Okay, just that, that, that to somebody who doesn't know anybody, it might be like, bro, you kill a million Russians? Look up how many people they lost in World War II and World War I in uh, the Afghan conflict uh, um, or or in fighting. Russia has the fucking numbers. Um that whole that whole thing, to be honest, it's co- it's more complicated than, than what I'm diving yeah. into. But the bottom line is, I want America to be. But uh, it break it breaks down to if you break down the nitty gritty of Ukraine and Russian conflict, it breaks down to the U.S. pushing NATO farther and farther after they said in the in the 1990s that they would no longer. Yeah. Once you sign this treaty, we're gonna get all the nukes out of there. We're gonna do this, and it would be like it would be like you know like how. Russia was putting nukes back in Cuba back in the days. A hundred percent. And that's why Russia was like, no, you guys are not doing this. A hundred percent. And then on the same side, um, these people, when we were, when we were so what you see in Ukraine, it's ba- that's basically what Russia and China and Iran were doing to us. We would, yes. in, in Iraq and Afghanistan and Iraq, we would find brand new Chinese weapons. Yeah. We would find brand new Russian weapons. So, you know, uh, it's not just exactly what you just said, right? Is it that is of true? That's fact. That's a fact, right? What you said is true, but there's a lot of stuff going on, um, uh, trading wise, you know, trading um, right. in the financial world, in the tech world, and then them fucking supplying fighters uh, and giving um, a safe haven to a lot of fighters who that were doing shit to us. So it's like one of these things, like they're. This side's doing this. This side's doing that. Um, and there's a lot of fucking things going on. And then necessarily may not be Russians, but the Russians are financing all this stuff. So at the end of the day, I want the U.S. Uh, to be top dog. Of because course. that's this is where I live. This is where my kids live. But at the same time, I think uh, the politicians are fucking dirty dude they're so dirty both sides are so dirty and what i like about the internet is that is it has exposed a lot of this stuff right um and there's a problem with the system that's in place um will that system change i hope so but will this sooner or later be the fall of us i i, I don't know i hope not do you think china's just sitting back there watching and kind of waiting for hopefully the us and russia to get into it so they can go to taiwan and we could start a nice huge world war that and this is what would happen. This is another thing, man. China, China plays the long game, um, and they they areas where in each administration has been guilty of it, neglecting other countries. Um, China has come in and they've built uh, roads and they've built schools. And somebody might be like, "What's the fucking point of them? Who cares if they built roads and schools and ports?" Well, now they have influence. Right. right. Um, and with influence, you have numbers and with numbers, you can do more. So China is 
isn't like the U.S. Every four years, you're, they don't have a new president, and then they're fucking fighting for who's in power, and then they're in for four years, maybe eight years, and then they, and then they leave. That, that, that's not what they have. They have right. basically a fucking dictator. Um, so what is his his um, where are his goals? I'll mean? tell you what. It's not just a weekend thing. This dude is planning things out. And when you look at China through the fucking history books, they've always kind of been that way. Yeah, they've been around much longer than us. Yeah, and they've always played the long game. And they're, they're I think, what, yeah, they're definitely doing that. They're flipping their money into the new world currency. That's what they want to do. They, they want to be the new America, but in the communist way, of course. Yeah. All right, so the balloons, the Chinese balloons, man. Should we shut them down like the first minute or what's up with that? Chinese Look, man, uh, the, uh, again, the... The media is a fucking terrible thing. Were, Look, they, were they completely fake? Not, not fake, but what it is, uh, Chinese balloons. Look, you you can easily have Chinese come in here and just record shit in person or do it with drones or, or fucking Google Maps does a lot of shit for you. So this whole big deal of Chinese balloons. Um, just what, two weeks ago, two uh, U.S. Sail- sailors in the Navy got caught giving secrets to to China yeah, uh, about probably submarines and ships. So you're like, so when I see people in the comment section arguing about balloons and I'm like, balloons? They got fucking people in our fucking Navy and you're over here, balloon this, balloon that. <laughs> so should we shut the balloons down or not? <laughs> <laughs> He's avoiding the question, Chris. He no, don't want to shoot the balloons down. You, you, sh- you, okay. If you shoot the balloons, uh, at least, yo, where is it gonna go? Because if it's gonna go on top of people, then you're no. Killing. But they were like in Alaska. They yeah. were like in parts of Nebraska. Uh, to me, it was like we got all this technology down. We can't get somebody with a hook down there to get this damn balloon down. Come on, guys, get yeah. it together here. Okay, but again, you, okay, you you shoot down the balloons. Okay, but then what about the major issue that I just discussed? You have people infiltrating the government. Um, you have uh, Chinese backed. Um, Americans, you got that, Hunter Biden that that are selling, yeah. Selling you got you got Chinese. Hunter Biden. You have they own so much property. They are in America. That's the scary you, part is the property they're owning in America and yeah. all the stuff they're buying. And there's no laws in America stopping that. I think that's wrong. Yeah. So um, you know, again, it's and it goes back to that our enemy knows that we have rules, right? Um, kind of like the shovel incident that I just described, right? right? Well. Our enemies know, like, hey, I can have a fucking uh, Chinese-born uh, or Russian or whatever, and they and I can just fund them, and they can buy all this and this, and they can do all this and that. And on paper, it's just an American doing business for A, B, and C. But in reality, they're doing things for us. Right. And the enemy knows this. Right. Now, uh, what is your take on... UFOs, do you think it's just a, a smoke screen to look somewhere else? Do you think they're real? Uh, so I'm not sure what's scarier. If you think that we're not alone or the fact that we might be alone, you know, um, are these UFOs real? I don't fucking know. But you know what's sketchy is how hard uh, the media is pushing it. To like, hey, here, look at this, look at this. They're real, they're real. And then plus all these people speaking about it, it's always the same thing. It's I heard or I spoke with or they right. told me. How about hey, how about the guy who fucking saw it talk? It'll show me the video. We, bro, we have uh there's a camera on fucking everything. You can't tell me you can't show me a fucking clip um of 
somebody in there just sneaking it like hey look here's the fucking alien and but it's all he said they said i do you ever see any crazy stuff when you were out because like in afghanistan iraq is real dark so you yeah. see the sky you guys ever see anything no well actually you can just go uh people in who've never gone out of the city don't know this but if you can just go to the woods or go to the desert, you'll see so much shit. You see so many shooting stars. You see so many satellites. You see movement. You see movement that you're like, oh, fuck, this might be a UFO. But then you realize, <laughs> no, man, this is like the universe just doing its thing. <laughs> so let's get back to the b original question. So what happened? I saw you in the hospital. I saw, I thought you were sick. Well, you you gave a kidney to... Yeah, I, I donated. So what happened was, um, so my... my my friend got killed uh, in Afghanistan, right? And um, they were going to do a charity event for him in Virginia. Uh, and, 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 and his very close friend was like, hey, man, can you go and support the widow, which is her name is Ronnie. Can you go? Can you go? I was going to go there to Virginia, but I, I can't make it. And I was like, okay, uh, yeah, fuck you. yeah, whatever. I was still going to school, but I was like, yeah, of course I'll go. Uh, so she can at least be with somebody that she kind of knows. So we went over there, and, and it's called Hero Games Charity, right? And they did uh, a great event to honor, honor Rod, to, uh, to support Ronnie. And, 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 I, and when I was there, um, you know, JD, who's, who's the head of Hero Games, was like, hey, man, aren't you from Southern California? I was like, yeah. And he's like, hey, that company right there, uh, and it, it's called Thrash and Raid, and it was a skateboard company. He's like, hey, um, they help they sponsored they helped sponsor this event. And I was like, and he's like, you should hit them up. So when I go back uh to California after a couple of days, I'm like, you know what? Let me just say a thank you to them. So I sent I sent him a DM and I'm like, uh I look up Thrash and Raid and and that's where I linked up, where I first linked up with with um the owner Benji. Uh and I was like, hey man, thank you for for supporting the event. It meant a lot. And the um and at the time, I'm, I'm still doing events for, you know, through OG Pumpkin. And I was like, hey, if, if I do events for the community, low-income community and veteran community, come uh, to an event. He's like, actually, I have an event, a toy drive um, at, at, at uh, Prince Skate Park in Oceanside. And I was like, okay, I was like, okay I'll, go, I'll go with their support. So I went to Target. I got some toys. And when I drove over there, uh, I met him. And, and, and he rolled up in this, like, piece of shit honda pilot and uh and he opened the trunk and uh, and it was filled with name brand shoes name wow. brand toys for the kids and i was like fuck yeah man um and uh we became friends and he was a former special operations guy on the marine corps okay. side right so for them it's called uh uh marsoc or raiders right so he was a raider and at the time i just um defense strategies group was still new. I mean, we're still fairly new, and and uh, Mike is always looking for good talent, right? Uh, 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 someone who who meshes really well with the group, and we were growing. And Mike's like, "Hey, you know anybody uh, who's um, you know, current? Because like this is the problem with all military members, SWAT guys, FBI, or whatever. You have you acquire these skills, but some people, and even in the conventional side, they get out and it." It's a thing like they used to do that. They used to be like that. And I'm like, bro, I am a warrior. I am a protector. I want to be a, a I don't want to be a victim. I'm a, I want to be an asset. So I stay current to my skills as much as possible because, well, training is expensive. And, and in the military, I would do it for free, right? We would have multi-million dollar uh, gym facilities to train at, uh, multi-million dollar 
training exercises, like it, it was all paid for, but now we got to pay for ourselves. So we train as much as stay as current. And Benji was still physically fit, very current with the honest knowledge. So I was like, hey man, come and um come in and and you know work with us. And he did. And we became friends and I met his wife Larissa and and when him and I talked, we were similar in a lot of ways. For example, um, our wives through our military career never gave a shit. They were always super supportive. We missed out so much, the birth of our children, anniversaries, all this stuff. And and because we wanted to be the best version that we could in our job, right? I was an army ranger. He was a Marsoc raider. And and we were both before our military service were were we were low lives. We were shitheads. We whatever <laughs> word you want to call it. We were just we weren't productive <laughs> members of, of our community, right? And, and him and I were just so alike, so alike. And then him, his wife and my wife were so alike. And and as, as some time goes by, you kind of get to know people, right? And we were at work and Benji didn't look, he didn't look too happy. He didn't look right. And I was like, hey, man, like, um, what's going on? Uh, and he said, he's like, oh, no, no, nothing. I knew he was lying. I knew something was wrong. So I gave it about an hour or two. And then I was like, yo, dude. What the fuck is going on, man? It's in your face. I can see it, dude. Something is bugging you, man. Like, and and then he just laid it all out, and and he's like, "Hey, Lewis has got stage five kidney failure. I don't know what to do. Uh, the doctors say it's getting worse, and 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 she had uh, kidney failure because of genetics. It's not because of drugs or or an accident or whatever. She just got genetically screwed. And and like I said, him and I, we we. We were basically the same person in a lot of ways. And and um, I can see the desperation in his face because him and I were used to being able to do something. We see an issue. We try to work through it. And I can see it right then and there that it was affecting him. And I, I, at that point, our kids had already played together. Our wives had, had, had met. We, we would hang out. And and I was like, bro, I'll fucking give her a kidney. Because like, he said, oh, and um, he said, I tried to give her a kidney, but I'm not even the same blood type. She's all positive. And I was like, bro, I'm all positive. I got to. And I, I think uh, he, he even said, he's like, I didn't know how serious you were. And I was like, bro, I was fucking dead serious. So then I started doing testing and, and it took eight months, uh, eight, nine months of testing at UCLA. They paid for everything of doing uh, heart ultrasounds of uh, EKGs, um, uh, CT scans, like all, all, all types of stuff, extensive blood work. And then finally one day um, they were like, hey, um, you passed. The committee, after you do all these exams, there has to be a medical board or a committee that looks at all your paperwork and they agree, yes or no, he's a good candidate. Can we go through this? And then after they finally did, they were like, hey, do you still want to do it? And I was like, fuck yeah. So actually this last October 25th, uh, I walked into UCLA at five in the morning and then I donated a kidney. Wow, man, that's amazing, brother. That's amazing. Your, your, your boy is blessed to have because there's a lot of people that, that wouldn't do that and go that far to do it. Well, the thing is, man, our community, so when I say our community, um, I'm specifically more talking about the, the military, you right. know, law enforcement community. Look, look we're, we're strong individuals and stuff like that. But the problem that we have in this community is that um, we have a lot of people willing to die for each other, but we don't have a lot of people willing to live for each other. Mm, and I feel part. like this community and probably all communities need more of that. We need people that are willing to live for each other um, and not die, uh, th whether through its suicide through the bottle or self-destruction in some way shape or form um and fuck man i i walk the walk 
right? I care about my community. And how am I supposed to say that? I care about my community. I do A, B, and C for the community. And uh, a, a opportunity like this comes up and, I'm, I, and I fucking turn the cheek. You, you said like uh, your wife and his wife, you know, they were gun ho for you guys and stood by there. How did guys, you had to experience guys being out on the out on the field with you guys and they're getting a letter or they're just stopped getting letters. They know their old ladies took off them. How- Fuck man, that the divorce rate, um, here in the U S in the civilian world, I think it's like 40, 50%, right? 50, yeah. Um, in the military, it's probably like 60, 70. Uh, I've seen so many divorces. I've, I've seen so many fucking horror stories of, of, of the wife leaving them, the girlfriend leaving them, cleaning out the bank account, uh, fucking selling all their shit. You name it, man. I've, I've heard it. I've seen it. Um, and it's fucking, it fucking sucks to see that. Absolutely. And especially you're out there already stressed out as enough as it is. And now yeah. you got to deal with this. 100%. Man. Private, private contractors. What do you think about them as far as there's a lot of private contractors, guys that go from the military, retire, and then go back to yeah. Afghanistan? Yeah. Um, well, uh, there's, um, there's a lot of companies out there. There used to be just one or two. But now there's a lot, and they pay. They pay a lot. They pay. They pay really yeah, well. P- people think that if you're in the military, you get paid a lot. You don't. You get paid a decent amount. You get um, good benefits. You get good benefits. So what it is is like there's like a trade off. Like I got buddies who would be on contracts sometimes, and they'll they'll get paid seven seven hundred or seven fifty or even a thousand a day, right? Which is great, but they don't, you don't get insurance. You don't get any of that. Like for example, uh, all my kids were born on military bases. Well, not all. My first two. I didn't pay for a dime anytime I went to the, to the emergency room or anything like that. I never paid a dime. Um, but you know, you're because I remember <laughs> one of my buddies was like he, his family owns a pizza uh, pizzeria, uh-huh. and I told him and he asked me how much I got paid, and he's like, "I get paid just I get paid a little bit more than you." <laughs> and I was like, well, "I mean, well, there well, you go." I was like, "Yeah, bro," but you, I was like, "Do you have insurance? Do you?" I was like, "I live in a fucking three bedroom house and." They got that covered, and and he's like, oh well, I guess if you see it, if you look at it that way, I was like, yeah, well, well you got to look. The people, yeah, the thing is, a lot of times people don't see the package. They don't see the package, man. And not to mention, we would have if you're active duty, you actually can take college courses for free. You can, I mean, even as a veteran, they pay you, right? They pay your schooling and they pay you as well. Um, but you can you have access to multi million dollar facility. So, man, look, if you're not patriot, if you're not um, patriotic. Right. That's fucking cool. But I think the youth needs to, right now, especially if you're in LA or fucking Orange County, San Diego, join the fucking army. Join the fucking army because, look, you don't even have to be patriotic. You can fucking hate the US for all I care. But look, this is why you should join. You will have live experience. You will, you can, all you have to do is sign two, three years or four years. And you think, oh man, I, I don't want to leave my friends. I don't want to leave my girlfriend. I don't want to leave. Well, look, let me tell you something. I did almost a decade and you don't really see a difference in the first couple of years you come back and i would come back and i'm like bro you're doing the same shit <laughs> stuck I, on the blocks I, I saw you do two three years ago you do you, i don't know any look um when you get out they will pay for your school they will pay you to go to school um if you get hurt you can have disability, whether it's 10% all the way to 100%, which means you'll get like $3,500 tax-free for the rest of your life. Uh, you will have the VA home loan, uh, which is basically you get zero down to, to oh, get wow. your house. Uh, I know multiple friends who have done it for multiple houses. Um, it looks good on the resume. And look, 
I always say when I tell people, if you're going to join the military, look, they're going to get as much as you can out of you. You got to get the most that you can out of it. Enjoy the journey. Enjoy the multi-million dollar facilities that are there. Do some college while you're while you're still in. So when you get out, instead of just only doing a associates or a bachelor's, you can get your master's. You can get another master's. Um, join the military. I I hundred percent agree with you. Um, there's people that will try to push oh, back. Wait, I'm oh, sorry. Before no, I forget. Please. And I, it, it, you can get, you can probably get your citizenship now. I know they kind of take it when they need people. They'll, they'll give you citizenship. Like for example, when I joined, they were like, "Oh, uh, we can also get you citizenship." And I remember looking at my recruiter like, "I was born here, motherfucker." <laughs> but there is some issues where they've done people dirty like that, though. They've kicked uh, them out. But, but, but before I forget, we will touch yeah. that. And I also got citizenship through for my mom through nice. them and my wife, and and. When they kick out veterans and stuff like that, so it 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 fucking sucks because they they kick them out before they get their citizenship. Yes. So technically, on paper, they're not a a, a citizen, right. which I think is fucked up and wrong. They should look if they like. A, I read a case that he got a um uh uh DUI and crashed into a family. Right, nobody got killed, but they went to the hospital. Uh, the 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 family he crashed into, and then they sent him back to Mexico. Look, I think. He should have just done the time. Yes. But but got in citizenship and fucking stayed. You've earned that. It's fucked up that they did that. And I know, I know um Mexicans who've who fucking were were that got killed overseas, man. And you know, if the wife that was thinking she was gonna get citizenship, it's now still, she loses a husband yeah. and doesn't get her citizenship. That's wrong. So look, that is wrong. The 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 military is not perfect, the US is not fucking perfect. But I still think that you should join. Um, and you don't even have to do a combat fucking job. You can be in the mailroom. You can be on the fucking band. But look, you look, you can be in the army band and you'll still get the same benefits that I did and I did all this shit. And you don't even have to do that. There you go, Chris. You'd be the drummer. <laughs> uh, it, yeah, it, it, um, it's much better than being on the block. A hundred percent. Hitting man. up the hood and getting shot and then go, <laughs> going to the joint. Nobody's saying, you know, paquetes or nothing over there. At least they're taking care of you, man. Bro, I, I would come back every year, every other year. And, and, and dudes who I used to look up to and respect, I would come back and be like, fuck, dude, I can't believe I used to look up to yeah. you. Or you used to think that I, you and I were on the same level. It kind of bums me the fuck out. Even after almost a decade in the military, I come back home and some people haven't even accomplished that much. And I'm like, fuck dude yeah they're still spinning their wheels and i see it all the time it's sad you see guys shit now i see homies in my in their 50s and, and they're still like you know worried about the jordans worried about this life like, life is a marathon okay and yeah. e even even the the high school superstar or the hottest chicks of, after a decade you're like bro what happened bro you were top dog now you're like 50 cents back in high school you were the man homie what yeah, happened to you exactly dude that's how i feel it <laughs> <laughs> all right so og steve appreciate that super chat my man always supporting so who, who who's the best in the service man is it who's, who's the baddest vatos in town who's the baddest vatos is it the green town? berets is the navy seals <clears throat> is the army rangers man look um everyone plays their role everyone there's i've spoken I've, like a general i've spoken I've, like a true politician i've met fucking top people top performers and 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 there were navy seals that were green berets that were rangers and i've also met shitty fucking dude and each one that i'm like bro you are a fucking disgrace <laughs> to your unit dude I, I can't believe you're still fucking in 
and it bumps me. And what kind of shit with those guys do that would rub you the wrong way? Um, they're out of shape. Like for example, if you're in in the special operations community, there's a physical standard, but the 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 higher you go in rank, the kind of more lee leeway you have. Um and some dudes stay in and you're like, bro, you're supposed to be top fucking dogs, bro. I, I've been overseas where with some fat green berets. And I'm like, they got a chubby berets over there? Yeah, dude. I'm like, bro, we're fighting. Hey, I'm going to join those guys, Chris. We're, we're fighting in the mountains of Afghanistan. How the fuck are you supposed to be the tip of the spear? Hey, dude? hey, chubby life matters, Angel. Chubby life matters, fool. <laughs> you I'm going to get in trouble over here. Hey, Chris, let me get the phone real quick. Man. Let's get some phone calls going over here. But be, before I do want to talk about something really important Just do it. right now. Mm-hmm. Um, the last time I was here, I was I was doing a lot of uh, events for the community, for the veteran community, right? As you can, as you can imagine, I spent almost a decade in there. So when I get out, where is my heart and soul really at right now? Right? I'm thinking about the veterans, and I care about the veterans, and and I do still care about the veterans. But something something important happened right during where when I went on the podcast and it was, um, I linked up with, uh, Bobby tribal. I went, first of all, I went on Andy Stump's podcast. Uh, then Paul Gomez, who's friends with Andy and uh, Paul Gomez spent some time at Hurley and Nike. And, um, he reached out. He's like, I want to help you. I want to help OG pumpkin. I, I, I like you. I like your, your story. Um, and long story short, he was basically like, Hey man, I'm not going to give you any money, but I'm going to guide you, introduce you to the right people. And afterwards, if you can fly, hopefully, if not, you can't, I don't have time to be babysitting. And I respect that about him. And he introduced me to Bobby Tribal. And for people who know who Bobby Tribal is, he owns Tribal Streetwear that's been around since the 80s. They've done collabs with Travis Barker, with Hurley, actually, uh, Esteban, uh, Mr. Cartoon, you name it. They've, they've done it. And one thing that he told me... Uh, when I met him, he's like, hey, I, I listened to your podcast with Andy Stumps. And if you don't know who Andy Stumps is, he's been on Joe Rogan's podcast multiple times. He's a former Navy SEAL. Um, and he's like, hey, man, you ever thought about running or something? And uh, I remember just laughing like, what? Fucking, I'm not going to run for office. He's like, hey, he's like, the community doesn't have somebody like you. He's like, you name someone that's like you. And at the time... Uh, I didn't see myself as a community leader within the Chicano community, but now, now I have, and Absolutely. I've been, I've been working towards it. Um, the Chicano community needs leaders. I don't think uh, I am perfect. I am not perfect. I'm far from perfect. There's enough podcasts out there to find, find stuff like, look oh, this dude did this or he did that or whatever posts that have misspelled or whatever i am not perfect but what i've come to realize is that the community does not have many individuals like me i don't think i i am i will be the only community i think there's a lot of leaders out there and we need to start working together um and i i gave my credentials shortly right um and i think that's enough uh as people can see i i keep driving i keep pushing i keep hustling uh, I'm not going to go anywhere. I'm only going to get better. I'm only 33. Um, and I've been doing a lot of community work last summer. I used skateboarding as my in. So I would go to the hoods in East Los, uh, Stanton, Anaheim, Santa Ana, Garden Grove, San Diego, uh, Watts. And I would give away skateboards and I would talk to youth and stuff like that. I, I, I go to programs and I speak there for free and I inter interact with the kids and host uh, events because uh, I'm based out of Fountain Valley, which is right next to Santa Ana, which where I was raised, and so Garden Grove. 
And I'm not going anywhere. Um, I need, but I need guidance. So, which, uh, which, even though with all my experience that I have, uh, I've been away. I've been away from SoCal, you know, for 10 years, but I've been back and I've been back for four or five years, four or five years now. Um, and I, as of right now, I'm not going to run for anything. I don't think I need to be a politician to be a leader. Um, so that's kind of what's happening right now. And that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, I see what you've been doing. I see I, I, I am a very busy individual and people can. Oh, yeah, you are. But I keep my I keep my my ear to the street and and I see everything online. Luckily for us, we have we have social media, right? right? So we can see all the stuff that's going on. Um, and uh, I don't want to miss anything. Uh, Ryan, is there something I'm missing? So my heart and soul is to the people, man. And. I don't want pe uh, people here, all this stuff, but I want everybody to realize like, look, man, I didn't ask for this. I didn't want this. I was a malnourished, poor kid with no accomplishments, right? And, and I grew to be what I am now. And I just want to use my knowledge and experience to help our community, right? After I came back and then I'm driving around Santa Ana, I'm driving around Garden Grove, I'm Stanton, Anaheim, where all my family spread out. I start seeing these kids that used to be me. Right. right, so so I can either live my best life or I can do something about it. And I, did, and I listened to Bobby. Bobby Tribal was the first one who said, "Hey, man, you're a leader within this community. You need to run for something. You need to do something." And he's the first one that saw it. At the time, I, I didn't I didn't see it because uh, it's kind of when I first went on here. My heart and soul was towards the veteran community. Right, the, right. I still do events for the veteran community, but now I'm more. Um, it's been more more uh, local based. Local based. Well, you should do what I did. You should run for your neighborhood council because you're only meeting once a month, uh, but you're getting the feel of the city, and uh -huh. you're getting. And to me, I already saw it. It's like super to the left, super woke. But that's why we have the homeless problem we have. We have the addict problem we yeah. have. We have the crime problem we have. You need men to go in there and be like, "No, nah, man, this is wrong right here." And, speak uh, up. and 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 you're right. And and maybe. Maybe in the future I will, but right now I I I, I don't want to spread I don't want to be spread out too thin and not have uh, enough focus and energy on something like that. You got the energy, baby. You got it. <laughs> you got. You're not lacking energy. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to cover that, especially on this platform, man. I've seen what you've been doing. I see, I see what you've been doing for the community. Um, I see what a lot of people's out there, a lot of people, individuals out there have been doing for the community and, 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 you know, I'm, I'm taking away here and, and, and thank you for what you're doing. Oh, thank you, brother. And yeah, and yeah, the, the misspell that the teachers on, on IG, do you misspell this? <laughs> I, I, I misspell everything half the time because half the time I can't even see it because I'm almost blind without my glasses and you press the wrong thing, but yeah, yeah I get that all the time. All right, people, you want to call in talk to Angel Cortez with the S. 818-538-9330. 818-538-9330. Yeah, dude, so today was kind of cool, man. I've never, that was the very first time I was, was ever been in the Capitol. Um, I went in there and, and did some of the lobbying thing. Uh, one cat, uh, David, he's like, come on, let me show you. And then after that, all the ladies got together. And we went in there like, man, we must have been 20-something of us. And yeah. We went in there asking for the senators. Their people would come out. And we'd start, you know, pretty much lobbying them. Hey, man, we don't, we don't like these bills. We don't like that bill. The... The bill that we were against is is a couple of them. There's one that now that the parents are getting involved and they are uh, swaying school districts to vote certain ways about certain yeah. books. Well, now the state wants to take over that and 
Now, instead of the school districts making that decision, the state doesn't make that decision. So it's like, wait a minute, man. You want you wanted us parents to get involved. We got involved, yeah. and now we're swaying the vote. And now you want to come in here in the middle of the game and change the rules. That's not right, man. And and I come to realize, and my my friend Michael Dowd has helped me realize this. I I've been uh, what is it? Maybe not allowed. What is it? I I have easily um, entered certain uh, social uh, political. Um, Give us a second. Caller, caller, Manuel, what's going on? Hey, what's up? Como estas, you? Right here, brother. Here with Angel Cortez. What you got, brother? Shit, fucking, uh, I wanted you to ask him, like, uh, if he knows the rate of suicide by soldiers since the Iraq war. I think it's 30K. I'm not sure if I'm, if I'm mistaken. Um, well, unfortunately, the numbers are going up every day. But if, unless, uh, I don't think I'm wrong, the last time I checked the actual suicide um, deaths um, for soldiers, uh, service members, is actually higher than actual KIAs from the war. Oh, really? That's how high right. it is. That's, that's how high it is. That's crazy. That's sad. That's it's like almost 90% more almost. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I don't know exactly the number, but yes, it is, it's, it's extremely high. Yeah, so that's like a pretty elevated number. So it just it just makes me think about what conditions people are being put in there. Uh, they might not be the best conditions for everybody. You know what I mean? Like not everybody's as tough as you, man. So you know, just be careful, people. You know? Yeah, no, 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 definitely. And what it is is that they, they for the longest time, there ha there was never. It seemed to be weak. You were weak yeah. if you addressed it. It's kind of like the football thing, right? Uh, if you played high school football, there would you get a concussion. You'd be like, get back in there, right? Same with war, man. You can't push the human body and mind like that day in and day out. You have. Do you to have the inside? Do you have the inside scoop on the Camp Pendleton uh, recent case they had out there? And I also know they had about two different cases out of Texas of uh, different situations dealing with women. Um, so, uh, I'm not sure exactly what, which one you're speaking on, but I, I think if it's the suicide ones in, in, in Camp Pendleton, what it is and usually is, is leadership wants to downplay it, right? They want to downplay I it. The, I found the news that, I found the news that somebody had a teenage girl in the camp. That's right. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, unfortunately stuff like that does happen because I've met the best of the best. I'm not, I'm not trying to paint everybody with a broad stroke. I'm no, just no, saying, no. you know, like. No, I, I know what, I know what you're saying, and, and other podcasts have had said this. You know, I've met the best people in the world in the military, but I've also met the worst people in the world in the military. And you seem like a stand-up dude, honestly. So, like, you seem like a stand-up dude. So, you yeah. know, like, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. vibing off what you're saying and everything. You know, even though like I don't agree with people going into the military, mm -hmm. you know, it is what it is. You know, yes, everybody's right. gonna make whatever decision is best for themselves. You know what I mean? A hundred percent, man, and and yeah. hey, it was it was good talking to you guys, though. Thank you, Manuel. Appreciate the call, man. Thank you for the call. Hey, have a good one, Gil. You too, have a good brother. One, um, but well, okay, so I've I've I don't know of anyone else who not only has these credentials that I do, but is easily invited into certain um circles. Like for example, I've uh I find so I see plenty of videos of 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 these activists and stuff like that that are kicked out of, of, of areas or police stations and stuff like that. Um, and based off my history, I train and sometimes find myself in, in social settings with a lot of these law enforcement individuals. And guess what? I can't get kicked out. I'm actually uh, more often than not welcomed by their leadership, welcomed by their peers. And they, and some of these people 
fucking hate to see me in there. Uh, for example, some some people can obviously see that I have the the Mexican and American uh, uh, flags tattooed on my hands. Look, I easily could have put these um, on my chest or somewhere where you couldn't see. But guess what, man? The reality is some of these places, they fucking hate to see brown people there. And I put the Mexican flag on there because I know they fucking hate to see me there. So I put I put it on there. So it it's shoved down even more on their throat. Look, um, there's a lot of guys in the special operations community who have gone out um, and now they're veterans and they're doing this and they're doing that. And they get a lot of support. And I've gotten a lot of support. But the reality is some of those people do not want to see me succeed you because still, I'm brown. You still got that racism in the, in the a hundred, service. A hundred percent, right? They don't want to see me succeed because I'm brown. Um, and I realized our, our community, the Chicano community, has has it's not by design, but we have not benefited from people who have entered the special operations community. And, for example, I went to go visit a buddy. Uh, he lives in Virginia. Uh, e. He himself was in the special operations community. His high school friend was in there. His um, wrestling coach was in there, right? So you have these individuals entering the tip of the spear. They're high-level, high-mentally-performing um, individuals, yeah, right? Elites. They exit, and they then go back into their communities, right? So if you have one, two, three, four, five, 20, 100 of them going back, into into the Caucasian community, a certain community. Well, that community is going to benefit from individuals like that. They're going to see and and learn from them, right? The Chicano community has not had that that much. So now, when I'm coming back, I'm talking to them so to elevate our people. So so the youth does it not just like how I did, but better than me. So we can elevate our people. And the reality is, um, some of these places that I'm at, you know, they hate to see me in there. Wow, that's crazy. Uh, give me a second, Carlos. Let's pay some bills. Blue Who, $4.99. Keep it up. Appreciate you. And then we have one more super chat, Chris. I'll get back to that question right now. We're going to get this call, and then we'll ask you that one. Um, JC, thoughts on Benghazi? Who dropped the ball? Caller, caller, who's this? Carlos, bro. What's up, Carlos? Talk to What's us. Up, Over here getting it in, brother. With uh, Angel Cortez. What's happening? Yeah, I, I seen. Uh, hey, first of all, congratulations on the on the new studio. Thank you. Um, and I also saw you at uh, posting live at Valley Plaza Park um, yesterday or, or Saturday, bro. And uh, yeah, Saturday. Uh, I, I posted a posted a comment right there that uh, I grew up at that park right there, man. I missed it. <laughs> oh, but, that uh, was you. Yeah, but uh, uh, I have a question. Uh, I want to angel. How do two parents feel about you joining the military? Um, I, I have nothing against the military, but I don't want my kids joining the military. After watching uh, a couple doc, uh, a couple of documentaries of uh, 9-11 and stuff and, and the politicians, you know, uh, uh, being interviewed and, and the interviewers asking, about their kids joining the military and, and a lot of them said, you know what, uh, uh, because I'm in this position, my, my kids don't have to be in the military. Uh, That's one of the reasons why I don't like my kids in the military. I want to know what your parents thought about you joining. Yeah, a, a hundred percent. I, I think I've seen the documentaries that you've seen. Um, cause uh, a lot of us do watch all this stuff, you know, the, the, uh, don't get it wrong. We are not robots. A, a lot of us, I mean, some of us are robots, but a lot of people who, who have been in the military, have been within the beast. So we question it, you know, we, we, we do question things left and right. Um, when I first joined the military, my mom, I remember thinking like, 
she was so against it. She thought, oh, you can you can maybe die. Do you know that? And I, I remember like, I was like, mom, I can fucking die here. At least I can change my life and do something. And then it was funny because some of the biggest um, naysayers of me joining the military were some of my bigger biggest supporters afterwards because they saw what the military did to me. They saw that how, how I was just some little boy thinking he was a man. And then I came out with respect, with a drive, with a certain different mindset. And they saw me improving as a human right. being overall. So, so you know, they changed their minds. And obviously, they don't want me to die. But the reality is we can die uh, on the freeway. We can die yeah, on that's something. The, that, that's, the thing with, that's the thing with me is, is, is uh, like I said, you know, I, I, I mean, nothing against the military, but after seeing those documentaries and and seeing that the politicians' kids, their, their own children don't have to go, and it's like, okay, wait. So why do mine have to join and, and what, you know, why do mine have to? might have to go out there and die from the country if, if your kids ain't doing it why should mine you uh, know what i mean a hundred percent and a lot of us have, have talked like hey man if you if you rage war you should back like just back in the like like in the old days you should fucking lead it yeah your yeah. children should lead the it. king and the prince and, yeah. and there's an old uh rage against the machine song i think it was a rage against the machine they were like uh, or maybe system of a down. They're like, uh, when we go to war, we send the poor. Yeah. And the reality is, for the for the longest time, yes, that 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 has also that's always been the case. Because for many people within our community, um, law enforcement or or military is is a great is it seems like an opportunity to benefit ourselves and get out. But you're playing and you're flipping the coin of of maybe dying. Um, and yeah. and, I, and I have kids, and to be honest, because I've seen war. Um, I will never tell my kid what to do or not to do, but if I can guide him in a certain direction, I will do it. But if my son wants to join the military, uh, I, at that point, I will I will do everything in my control to set him up to be successful. Right. Um, but oh. at the end of the day, man, I, 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 to be honest, I hope if I could, war would end. No one would fucking fight. Nobody would do this and that. But the reality yeah. is, I, yeah. I, I, I don't have that power, yeah. and I'm not sure if, if one day okay. maybe somebody will. Hey, all right, all th right. Thank you for the phone well, call, brother. Yeah, I, I appreciate you guys. keep it up, man. Thank you. You're appreciate doing a, you, a fabulous job, bro. Appreciate you guys, man. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, you you said it yourself. Uh, you're a history buff. Get the phone call. You're a history buff. War has been here since the beginning of time. It will be here till the end of time. It'll, it, it, it'll probably be the end of the world where eventually all these jackasses end up pressing a nuke and we'll be all gone. But yeah, war is not going anywhere anytime soon. That's for sure. Um, what was I going to tell you, Mr. Chris? Uh, other than that, brother, uh, the, that question. Thoughts on Benghazi? Who dropped the ball? Uh, the whole Benghazi thing. So um, for my my limited research and, and talking to dudes who were who were kind of close to that whole situation, uh, again the administration dropped the fucking ball. The the politicians that were that were in charge and 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 so often, not just Benghazi, so often um, do the people in these offices or in these con uh, talks, which is uh, uh, um, the area that controls the operations, right. they don't want to listen to the guy on the ground. And the guy on the ground has the insight. It's like the movies. Yeah. And those people that were, had the eyes on the ground, uh, were saying things and, and, and the higher ups weren't fucking listening. Um, and it's a fucking shame. And sometimes these fucking 
spineless people who are also on the ground but in charge don't want to be the guy to report to higher ups to say hey we don't have the situation under control or actually what you gave me isn't enough because it, they want to be fucking yes man you know and and no backbone and yeah no backbone man so that's basically what it was now benghazi when it was all going down like within the first week they were pushing out a narrative that it was just protesters and it no, was just no, it, it wasn't that right no, no. The guys, trust me, the guys on the ground, they they knew what the fuck what's up. They knew like, yo, dude, the thing's fucking fucked. You know, what the fuck is going on? And, and unfortunately, it's not their call. You know, it it, it is not their call uh, to make certain things, even though they, who's got who's got the best insight? The right. guy right there. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah, that's, that's politics 101. All right. With that, uh, Angel, uh, it's always a it's always a great time having you on. Man. I, 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 I love your energy. I love the vibe. The people out there can feel it as well i want you to uh look into that camera let people know where they can find you and what you got going on here soon yes so um okay uh you can find me on my instagram it's angel um g cortez 175 or you can follow the og pumpkin page which is the underscore og underscore pumpkin uh, i do have a youtube channel i have my own podcast and and all these random ass videos it's the youtube channel is called ranger cortez um and i hope i uh i hope this was very helpful for a lot of listeners uh if you want to help um in in any of the things that i do uh just you can either just go visit the og pumpkin store or come out you know come out i'm working on on some big big events um the, um, I still need to plan out the dates, but simple stuff for the community to, to really get my name out there more. Let us for know. example, um, downtown Santa Ana, uh, you know, haircuts for the youth, Dope. toy drives for the youth, back to school shopping stuff, supplies for the youth. Uh, so follow the OG Pumpkin page uh, just to get updates to even attend these events. And a lot and people ask me like, how much is it to the event? It's free. Just come out. Um, yeah, send me this stuff. I'll push it out there. And Doughboy Tony, one of our one of our hosts here, he's from Santa Ana, so he can push it out. He's got a pretty big following. Perfect, perfect. Um, like for example, because for example, I gave away skateboards in, in Santa Ana. Santa. And um, you know, fucking gave away a bunch of boards, but at the same time, I had enough. I even had more, and I'm like, like people were like, how uh, how much is it? I'm like, just come out, it's free. All right, uh, uh Chucky eight zero five just brought me a question whether he knows it or not. All right, Holmes, if you go, if we go to war with Mexico. What side are you going to be on? If we go to war in Mexico. But who are you fighting, though? You're fighting the Mexicans. The Mexican government. Let's say, let's say how they were trying to say they were going to push the CIA over there to fight the cartels, right? And then imagine the Mexican government saying, no, we're going to war with you guys. Who are you fighting for? <sighs> Bro, it looks like a... <laughs> Ah, Bro, I'll answer it offline because I, I, think, I think the man's going to come they, after they, me. <laughs> I love it. With that vibe, we're going to leave you guys. <laughs> watch. Hey, now now hey, you're going to put me on a watch list, hey, bro. Hey, oh, appre God, appreciate dog. your service, man. You are a true American. Mexican-American. There we go. Let's get out of here, Chris. The man. Oh,